Welcome to the Food, Family and Friends podcast, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. Now it's time to join your host, Vanessa Baxter. Hi there, I'm Vanessa Baxter. Welcome today to the Food, Family and Friends podcast. This is our opening episode and our podcast is all about how we nourish relationships through food. Today I'm here with my gorgeous boys and we're going to share some stories with you. As a family, we've travelled through the world and we've made food our focal point. As we've met loads of other people, enjoyed their friendships, merged in with their cultures and their countries. So from dumplings to tiramisu, from MasterChef stories to rides on motorbikes. Join us as we share lots of little pieces of information, recipes, insights and how you can nourish your own relationships at home by just communicating with your family, communicating with your friends, jumping in the kitchen together and making it a joy and a pleasure. So welcome again to our fantastic, exciting podcast that we're just so thrilled to share with you, food, family and friends. So for today, I'm going to introduce to you these two beautiful boys who are my sons. First, we have my eldest son, Christopher. Hey, Chris. Hi. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm 14 and I'm in year 10. You're in year 10 at school. And do you have a favourite food just to start off for today? My favourite food is tiramisu. Oh, tiramisu. So I wasn't really expecting him to say that. But I guess the tiramisu love and passion comes a little bit from your sweet tooth, doesn't it, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, you tend to like sweet food, which I guess sort of happens when you become a teenager. It seems to be a little bit what you're drawn to. But wonder why tiramisu? Where does the tiramisu love come from? Um, I really just love the sponge. Oh, you love the sponge. And the fact that perhaps it's soaked in a little bit of coffee and alcohol gives it a little bit of kick, doesn't it? That might be it. Yeah, Yeah, that might be it as well. And introducing my younger son, here's Morgan. Hi. Hi, Morgs. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, I'm 13 and I'm in year nine. And what is your favourite food? Uh, dumplings. Ah, uh, you love dumplings. So that's that stems from us living most of your life in Southeast Asia. What sort of dumplings are your favourites? Um, mostly pork. Pork dumplings. And, of course, we make those at home quite a bit, although I can't really keep up always with the demand. So often we have to hit the dim sum restaurants, don't we, to indulge a little bit as a family. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, welcome, boys, and thank you so much for coming on what is going to be our first podcast here in New Zealand, hosted by New Zealand Podcast, which is fantastic. And, you know, we have come together because we're really passionate about sharing what we love with everybody else. When Christopher and Morgan and I arrived with Tim in this country just four years ago, I was not sure what to do. So I made it my mission to follow my passion. I'd had many, many, many jobs while we'd been travelling through Asia. And when we got here, I thought, finally, I'm in a country where I can really put what I'm passionate about to work. So I really wanted to be involved in food and to meet other foodies and make food my life in New Zealand. What happened next was I found myself on a New Zealand reality TV show and it was one of the most crazy journeys of my life. 
But maybe we'll save that story for another podcast. Anyway, hence, the rest is history. And I am a quite well-known figure here in New Zealand for my crazy journey on MasterChef and the continuing cooking on TV, which comes up in opportunities on lifestyle shows, which is absolutely fantastic. But let's make today's focus a little bit more along the lines of our family. We were really, really fantastically blessed to live in Indonesia for a while. It was kind of a funny posting because it was Jakarta. A lot of people, when they think of Indonesia, think Bali. But we were in Jakarta when the kids were really, really small. And we have some pretty fantastic memories as parents of the times of our children there as toddlers. They absolutely loved roaming the streets on their funny little stubby legs and heading up to the corner where they were able to sip on fresh coconuts that people uh, took down from the trees for them. The locals absolutely adored our little boys, one little dark-haired soul and one little blonde-haired soul who used to sit on the side of the road and sip those coconuts and then let them crack them open and eat all the flesh. I'm not sure if they actually remember it, but I think that they're pretty much coconut lovers even to this day. What do you say, Chris? Yeah, I love them. Yeah, you love them. Do you still like eating the flesh or do you just love drinking the juice? Um, only when it's soft. Uh, only when the yeah, and it sort of isn't quite like that here in New Zealand. It's, it's, they're hard to find, aren't they, sweet? Yeah, quite rare. Yeah. How about you, Morks? What about coconut for you? Oh, I still love them, yeah. You still love them? So I think if we were to head back to Asia tomorrow and hit the ground, what would be that would probably won't be one of the first things you'd want to do, isn't it? Definitely. Mm. And I think the other thing about coconut, having them fresh and sweet like that is they are lovely and sweet, aren't they? Yeah, and they'd pour them into a glass full of ice and you just like scull it out of the ice and it'd be like, oh, so refreshing, so sweet and so cold. And how fantastic to not be drinking soft drink out of a bottle, but instead to be just drinking the nectar from a fruit. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So what about Asia? What are some of your memories in Asia? Morgan, you're really into your tennis, aren't you? And there's always something that I remember about getting you to your tennis lessons. Um, driving the wrong way down the motorway, nearly crashing into like 100 cars as we go. Yeah, were we driving down the motorway the wrong way in a car, Morgan? Uh, no, on a tiny, weeny little Honda scooter motorbike. <laughs> yes, we had some crazy journeys when we lived in Vietnam. So Morgan's story is from Ho Chi Minh City. And we would drive the wrong way down the motorway on the motorbike to get to his tennis lessons because to go the correct way on the motorbike would take absolutely hours in the traffic. So what we did was followed all the Vietnamese people who had worked out the shortcut was to go the wrong way down the slip lane. And there would be days that we would be heading down there only to discover that there were policemen at the other end of the slip lane waiting to find those of us who were doing it. And this actually worried us more than our safety of heading the wrong way down. So what we would do was get off the motorbike along with the Vietnamese and walk the motorbike down because you can't be fined if you're walking the motorbike, only if you're riding it. And we would have such a huge sense of achievement at the other end when we waved to the policeman, gave him a smile and hit the tennis courts. So it was a crazy, crazy, crazy journey. Morgan had an amazing tennis uh, teacher there. And afterwards, she was completely into food as well. And we'd often sit down and enjoy a fantastic feast of awesome food afterwards. Very Vietnamese style. Big bowls of soup with noodles and shaved beef. And what's that called, Morgs? Fur. And do you love fur? Yes, definitely. <laughs> what do you love about fur? Um, just the slipperiness, slipperiness of the noodles and all the meat and stuff. 
Yeah, it was awesome, wasn't it? What else did they pile in there, Chris? Can you remember? Um, some herbs. Yeah, there was always loads of Vietnamese mint and basil and coriander. So it was very fresh, wasn't it? And the amazing thing about the bowl of pho in Vietnam was it was actually a breakfast food. So it gave a lot of energy uh, and it was a really heavily spiced but really lovely way to start the day. And I love the way you described those noodles as slippery, Morgan. In fact, it reminded me of something else that you loved, you two, in Vietnam. There was a particular dumpling at a particular restaurant. Slippery suckers. <laughs> and they were called slippery suckers. We had no idea what the Vietnamese name was, but they were so slippery that they constantly fell off our chopsticks, didn't they? And so yep. we just called them as a family, the Slippery Suckers, and we knew whenever we hit that roadside cafe that Christopher and Morgan would want to order Slippery Suckers. And to this day, I can't even really tell you what was in them, but I think it was pork, and they were certainly made with a lovely fresh rice wrapper around them and steamed. Uh, and the, the boys did make a mistake of uh, calling other things Slippery Suckers in maybe not such fantastic opportune moments, but we had to remind them that maybe that was just a family word to be used simply for the dumplings. Can you remember that? Yeah. Remember getting in trouble? (laughs) Anyway. So what's happened with us boys, I think, is that we've had some pretty amazing experiences as we've travelled in eating local food, but other things happened along the way as well, didn't it, where we met amazing families in our travels who also we came together and shared food in our homes and in their homes And those were awesome memories for us and creations of friends from around the world. So can you remember, Morgan in particular, uh, you had a best friend in Saigon. Can you tell us a little bit about him, what his name was and where he was from? um, My best friend in Vietnam was Valentin. He was Russian. His dad was Ukrainian and... um, and what did you used to do when you used to go to his house after school? Uh, we used to eat these dumplings, which we forgot the name of for a few months. And so we decided to name them ourselves and we called them Ek de Verde. I'm not sure why, but we did. Yes, it was pretty funny, actually, because uh, the Russian mum, Elena, told me that actually these dumplings were not Ek de Verde, which I thought they were called in Russia, but they were actually pelmeni dumplings and they were a Russian specialty and she was absolutely chuffed that Valentin, her son, had become such good friends with Morgan and all they wanted to do when they came home from school was have ek verde, which was actually the Russian dumpling pelmeni. And we spent many, many hours with this fantastic family sharing an amazing food because she loved to cook. And I also remember, Morgan, that you learnt for the first time how to use a crepe pan at Eleanor's place because she used to make the most amazing thin crepes. Yeah. Did you used to love flipping those crepes? Yeah. Yeah. She had some French friends, didn't she, who came around and helped you make crepes? Yeah, they had this little token that they put in their hand between the handle of the pan and their, their hand. And for some reason that helped them flip the pancakes. I'm not sure why or how. It just must have been some tradition or something that Eleanor used. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I think you possibly had more foodie experiences over there than I did. But we certainly made a lot of homemade pizzas over there. Do you remember going over there, Christopher, for dinner and having her extraordinary homemade pizzas as well? Yeah, that was really good. Mm, She was a pretty good cook, wasn't she? Yeah, that was the first sort of time that I ever really got into pizzas, I think. Oh, is that your first memory? Yeah. So there you go. That is what I absolutely love. So we have an Aussie boy living in Vietnam whose first main memory of homemade pizzas is with a Russian family also living in Saigon at the time. So hence where I'm at in all of this is the nourishing of relationships across boundaries. I think it's just amazing how you can come together around food and cross so many different boundaries. There probably was an Italian in the room when we were eating homemade pizzas in that environment. But what you did love was when we travelled to Italy, wasn't it? What was your favourite food, Christopher, when we hit Italy? Um, Apart from tiramisu. <laughs> probably not a food, but um, licorice. Oh, yeah, that's right. You completely fell in love with licorice, didn't you? Yeah, I love the long strips. Yeah, okay. I remember buying that in Venice with you at the lolly shops in Venice. Yeah. Mm, you would hunt around and try to find the right street street front window uh, of the old-fashioned lolly stores, didn't you? Yeah, they came in like a couple of metres. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I used to love that as well. What other food did do you remember loving in Italy? Because I can clearly remember something. Um, I can't exactly remember what it was called, but the thin meat slices. Ah, carpaccio. Carpaccio, yeah. In fact, it was Christopher that ordered carpaccio every single day. Do you remember that, Chris? Yeah, I do. (laughs) It got to the point that we were so worried about you eating raw meat over and over again that we were begging you to order something different, but you absolutely loved it. So carpaccio is so thinly sliced and then it's drizzled with lemon juice and olive oil and in Italy it's done so beautifully, isn't it? And then shaved parmesan on top, arugula or rocket, and then cracked with sea salt and pepper. And you just absolutely loved those flavours, as we all did. But it was very funny that that was your choice of dinner. And I think you were probably only about 10 at the time. It was Mm. very sophisticated taste buds. What about the shops that you used to beg us to go in? And they were mountains high with the food. Can you think what I'm talking about? Mountains high with the food choice and the flavour choices. So quite different to the way it's served here in New Zealand or even in Australia. Oh, guys, I'm talking about gelati. Oh, yeah. (laughs) How many gelati shops? And remember how it was piled up? So instead of the tubs of ice cream being scooped down, that were actually piled up high. So as you walked down a cobblestone street in a city like Siena, We would see, wouldn't we, through the windows, these piles of ice cream flavours. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. It was amazing, wasn't it? And sometimes we'd only just have had breakfast. Mm. And then we're like, oh, which ice cream flavours are we going to have today? Can you remember some of your favourites? I did like the tiramisu ice cream. (laughs) Of course you did. (laughs) I think we're kind of stuck on tiramisu even at the age of 10, from 10 to now. Anything else? Um, I remember the peanut butter. Peanut butter, yeah. They're pretty exotic flavours. How about you, Morgan? Um, 
I just asked to try all of them. You did. I know. And you tended to like the fruity ones, actually. Yeah. So you tended to go for more of the sorbet style. Yeah. But the amazing thing about Italian ice cream is it's just so different. Gelati is so different from a regular ice cream. But there's something I think also quite romantic about being in Italy and eating the ice cream. And it feels kind of okay to be eating it at 10 o'clock in the morning and again at 2 o'clock and maybe again as dessert. But what happens when we get back from Italy, everyone has, has to go back into a little bit of a health kick, don't they, and not live on ice cream for too much longer. Yeah. Mm. So how about back here? I mean, we're at home and we eat pretty well, don't we, in our house? Everyone kind of loves to eat at home. What do you think is really a wonderful reason for being able to sit down and eat together at the end of the day? Can you think of any kind of positives in doing that? Um, Just talking about the day or just if you're really hungry, just tuning out and just thinking about the food. And just thinking about the food. How about you, Chris? Um, Yeah, just um, seeing what happens happened in each other's day yeah I think it's sharing it's a good time to share isn't it it's sort of the time to put all the devices away because we have that rule in our family don't we so devices don't come to the table except mum's allowed to photograph the food before anyone eats and then uh, after that we just we get to chat and listen to how everybody's day has been and maybe share some stories of things that haven't gone so well or have gone so well And we can share as a family maybe some tips and tricks for the other person to be able to cope with the situation for the following day. I've noticed as you boys have got older, you want to sit there for just a little less time than you used to. But I think it's a really precious time for however long it lasts, isn't it? To just have that family time to be able to engage and eat nice food. So what about at home? What are some of your favourite family meals, do you think? Have you got anything that's a favourite or what do you feel about about dinner? Because I kind of know from my perspective the effort I put in or the thought I put in, but it's be kind of really nice to know what your feelings about it are. Um, well, I think it was two days ago you gave me salmon and gnocchi. Ah, yes. We had hot smoked salmon and we flaked it in with the fresh gnocchi, didn't we? And just drizzled it with some extra virgin olive oil. Was that a bit of a favourite? Definitely. Yeah, it wasn't even really dinner, that one, was it? I think it was an after-sport treat. So what we try to do in our house is not always eat sweet treats as afternoon snacks, but often we do, and that's okay because we're kind of all about balance at home, aren't we? We're sort of – we're allowed to have whatever we want to have, but we try to keep it in a balanced way because otherwise I think, Chris, you in particular, could perhaps sometimes choose lots of sweet things. Would I be right in asking you that? Um, yeah, you could You could be quite right. <laughs> I could be quite right. But having said that, there's some pretty good savoury things you like. If I was to ask you to pop into the kitchen and cook up an afternoon snack, what would be your favourite thing to cook yourself? Um, I'd probably cook pavlova. Uh, savory snack. <laughs> but yeah, that's just highlighting that sweet tooth again. But good on you for being able to cook your own pavlova because you do a very good job of it and the rest of us are very, very happy when you do. But how about a savory snack? Um, I'd probably cook some dumplings. Yeah, exactly. You love doing doing that, don't you? Yeah. And you know, dumplings are quite a good thing for a kid to be able to cook, don't you think? Yep, it's yeah. really good to learn. Yeah, it is good to learn. So it's just a matter of being really careful when you're frying them in a little bit of oil, isn't it, that you don't uh, splatter the oil on yourself. 
And apart from that, it's pretty straightforward. So you just give them a little fry in oil for how long do you think? Um, about two minutes. Mm-hmm. And then what do you add in? Then you add some water. Yep. And then we cover them off, don't we? Just add a little bit of water, enough for them to be able to steam and pop a lid on them and then let them steam for about... Four minutes. Yeah, perfect. And then they come out, they're lovely and crispy on the bottom, steamed through. And what do you like to dip them in? Um, soya sauce or maybe some fish sauce. Yeah, fish sauce is good. Fish sauce is really good if you mix it with a little bit of water and lime juice and a touch of sugar. And that creates a really cool Vietnamese sauce called ngoc cham. And you really love that, don't you? So we try to have jars of that ready for you in the fridge. And Morgan, what about you? You do so much sport. What do you make yourself before a sporting match like a tennis match that you know can give you some really good energy? Uh, I get about three bananas and we'll peel them and squash them down with a fork into the smoothie maker, pop some muesli on the top and blend it all up and drink it. Do you add milk to that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you add milk. But often you quite like using different types of milks, don't you? So I've seen that you've also enjoyed your almond milk and coconut milk along with the dairy because we're very blessed in our family. We don't actually have any health issues or food intolerances so we're pretty able to eat things across the board and I tend to be very much about um, trying everything and unless you have got a situation where you've got an allergy I think it's really important to be tolerant of lots of different food and lots of different cultures and their food as well and try everything I'm not good on niching down on food I think it's really important as a family and especially as a traveling family to be open to all food that you're offered and to try it all and to embrace it all and to understand that yeah you can't live on pavlova and tiramisu but you can certainly enjoy them in moderation and to be able to turn around and cook them for yourself at the age of 14 is absolutely fantastic because it means that you can contribute to a party or to a sleepover with mates and say, hey, mum, it'd be great if these guys could come over and look, I'll make the dessert if you wouldn't mind doing something else. And often we do homemade pizzas, don't we, when your friends come over. In fact, Morgan, you've shared with me a few stories of why your friends quite like coming to our house. Um, Well, my good friends just like coming to my house to, well, you know, eat the food and see me. Well, of course, to see you as yeah, well. Yeah, but I definitely. think they quite enjoy coming over and having a bit of a food experience. Yeah. I've had a few guys who aren't really my friends asking me if they can come to my house. And then I ask why and they say because of, of your mum's food. <laughs> I assume you just tell them nicely that that's not going to happen. You could say, yeah. Yeah, I, could, I think you could say that, Yeah. <laughs> And Chris, we've had friends of yours over who've been quite chuffed to sort of be able to make their own pizzas and things in our kitchen, haven't they? Yeah, they love getting involved with that. Yeah, they do seem to really enjoy getting involved in it. So I think, you know, that's uh, for us been a really integral part of our family relationship, hasn't it? Uh, Been cooking together and eating together. And even Tim, we can talk about Dad because he's not here. So it's a really cool opportunity. But who has noticed that Dad is cooking more? The barbecue and me. Yeah, the barbecue. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Do you think Dad has a signature dish, Christopher, that he likes to produce on that barbecue? Um, He loves cooking chicken. He absolutely loves cooking chicken and he does it in a particular way, Morgan. What way does he do it? Um, He gets gets beer in a beer can and 
puts it up the chicken's bum and then cooks it like that on the barbecue. Yes, he does. Yes, it's called beer butt chicken, isn't it? And Dad does seem to really like that. And it is pretty good. And it's pretty exciting that he feels that he can do a meal that we all love and we all tell him that we love it because we do. Uh, We may sometimes get a little bit sick of the roast potatoes that go with that chicken, but he's chuffed and he feels proud that he's been able to produce a really yummy meal that we do all chow down and really enjoy. And it's his moment to be able to create for us as a family and also it's a really nice relaxing time for him because most of the time he's in an office working so it's quite nice for him to do something practical and with his hands and to nourish out his relationship with us when he comes home and has some time to spend with us and I know you boys help him sometimes as well out on the barbecue so that's pretty cool. Have you got anything else you'd like to share boys before we tidy up our podcast and maybe share some other little recipe tips and tricks because if you've got something to share now's the moment and then I'm going to ask you some little questions that I've prepared which I'd like you not to think too hard about but just to simply answer are you ready for that okay so in this section of the podcast I'm going to ask Christopher first to answer five questions and then I'm going to ask ask Morgan five questions which will be a little bit different They're either or, so I'm going to give you two uh, words and I'd like you to just answer the first one that comes into your mind because that will be the one that's most important for you. Are you ready? Okay, Christopher, waffles or pancakes? I would go pancakes. Peanut butter or jam? Peanut butter. Vegemite or Marmite? Mm, Vegemite. (laughs) Yogurt or ice cream? Yogurt. Yogurt. Wow. Chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. Oh, there you go. Vanilla yogurt. I wasn't expecting that. It's amazing what a mum can find out when she interviews her own children. I'd probably go for the frozen yogurt. (laughs) A frozen yogurt. Fair enough. Morgan, are you ready? Yes. Nachos or French fries? Nachos. Sausage or bacon? Bacon. Steak or fish? Fish. Smoothie or juice? Smoothie. Meat or vegetables? Meat. Meat. Wow. There you go. Some great answers, boys. And very, very quick to answer there, Morgan. You know exactly what you like and what you don't like, don't you? Yeah. Hey, boys. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show with me. I know that's a pretty hard ask for two teenage boys. And I think you've just done an amazing job. And these boys have really followed an extraordinary journey with me in the last four years as I had to leave the house for two months and go on MasterChef New Zealand at very short notice. And I think they were quite shocked at at exactly what I was doing and where I disappeared to. Following that, there was the reintroduction of me back into the family home and then we all had to sit down and watch me on uh, television, which was another experience in itself. Uh, which, yeah, again, probably another podcast moment. Uh, And then from there, I've cooked a lot on television and spend an enormous amount of time cooking in the kitchen for my website where I give away a lot of complimentary recipes. So if you're interested in seeing some of the food we cook together as a family, then you can head to my webpage, which is www.vanessabaxter.co.nz. 
And if you sign up for my newsletter on there, you will receive a fabulous little book I wrote all about nourishing relationships through food and some things that you can take action with in your own home to try to encourage your children to cook and share meals with you together. And there's a fabulous complimentary recipe at the end of that little book too. So until next time, this is Vanessa Baxter. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you, Mum. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Oh, gosh, I love this podcast. It's so exciting to talk to such amazing and inspiring guests who are also so passionate about food and the journey that it plays uh, in life for all of us, really. If you would like to touch base with me online, then please jump on to foodfamilyfriendspodcast.com. I'm going to be popping up blog posts and recipes and information there following on from our wonderful audio journey here. You can also find out what other podcasts are around in our network of worldpodcasts.com. If you're in New Zealand, you can also track on to our local page, which is podcasts.co.nz. Huge thank you for my supporters here in New Zealand with the podcast. It has been an extraordinary opportunity and uh, gosh, I'm absolutely loving being the host. So thanks to the listeners. You are stars. Looking forward to uh, chatting and sharing again. Again next week. Bye. I'll take what's good. Uh-